today. Uh, the first U.S. coronavirus death. Yeah, it turns out that that was weeks earlier than previously thought. And turns out it was in a different state. We will have more on that. Also, the YouTube CEO says they will remove any content that goes against the World Health Organization's recommendations, who is also uh, in bed with China. So what could possibly go wrong there? And the arrest of an Idaho mother at a closed playground with her children sparks a lot of protests. And we've got a lot of strong feelings out there, I know. So we've got a lot to get into. And it starts right now. Welcome to the news and why it matters. I'm Sarah Gonzalez, today joined by Jason Buttrell, chief researcher of the Glenn Beck program, also dressed in denim. This is my favorite day of the, the week. Dude in denim. I get out of my uh, dungeon. Yeah. This we is awesome. You. We get you out. We get you out. <laughs> I mean, we can have you on the show more, Jason, if you're just looking for an excuse to leave. I, I feel pale, we, paler than usual. We won't tell your wife. <laughs> uh, we've also got uh, Aaron Colon. I was going to call you Aaron Buttrell. Aaron no, Colon uh, of theblaze.com, who by the way, wrote this story that we're going to get into first for TheBlaze.com. It is up there right now if you'd like to view it yourself. Uh, autopsies apparently have revealed that the first COVID-19 deaths in the United States were in California, not Washington State, and the earliest known death was uh, weeks earlier than previously known. So, Aaron, give us give us the high points of this. Yeah, I think we thought the first death was in Washington, I think on February 26th or something like that. And now we're looking at something that was three weeks earlier in California. And the chief executive in Santa Clara County looked at that and said, this is very likely that now we probably had cases going around here sometime in December that we didn't notice because it's it was a bad flu season. And so the more and more evidence that comes out about this, about the antibody tests and how many people have had this, we're starting to see that this was probably here a lot longer than we thought it was, and the mortality rate is probably a lot lower than we think it is right now. Oh, yeah. It is interesting, though, because people only hear pe a lot more people are probably infected or have been infected than previously thought, and they think that that's reason for alarm. Mm -hmm. and the when way, really, yeah. it's the opposite. Because the way it's framed is the, the headlines always go, this is the total number, and it's a cumulative number, which is always going to go up, and you're not looking at it in the context of this is not nearly, it's not that it's not dangerous, but it's not nearly as alarming as it is if it's 4 and 5%, if it turns out to be 0.1, as some of these studies are showing it might be. Yeah. Jason. We know this virus popped up in China. It originated from there. We also know, and we were doing research on this last week, that they were first recording uh, cases over there uh, late November, actually, is when cases first started showing up over there. Um, you think about how, and I did the numbers on this, can't remember what was off the top of my head, but I, I saw how many flights happened from late November all the way up until, I believe, when we started the lockdowns, which was a little like mid-January yeah. or something like that. And it was, what, like 1.5 million people or something like that. Of course this thing has been in the yeah, country. Yeah, there's no way it took three months no way. to get here. And then the Florida governor, uh, he said that he, that he had information that it was circulating during the Super Bowl. So, guaranteed this has been floating around. How many, just think about how many people you've talked to that were like, man, like in December, you know, like around January, early January, I had something unexplained that came. It a really had a bad respiratory virus. Four days or so. Could not get rid of the cough. Right, exactly. Uh, this, uh, no doubt in my mind that, I don't, I, I, I don't want to put a percentage on it, but I think a ton of people have gotten this. If you look on, uh, if, you, if you go to uh, Corona, if you just Google coronavirus stats, it's like the very first uh, 
link, they've compiled all the data from all the, all the known cases. From all the known cases, uh, so people that have actually gotten tested for this, 97% of all the cases, 97. The known cases. The known are mild. Right. So that's like, they went into the doctor like, man, I feel like crap. You know, and they're like, oh yeah, you got, you got this, do a 14 day, you know, quarantine or whatever, and you'll be fine. 97%. Now think of all the people that just got it, like probably the vast majority back in December, January. Right. They thought it was allergies, yeah. possibly the flu, maybe a little bad cold, maybe nothing at all, and just didn't report it. Mm-hmm. So that 97% goes to what? 99% of these cases? Yeah, doctors had no reason or thought to test for it. They had no ability to test for it. And it goes to show this idea of we're talking about flattening the curve and that we really don't know when the curve started. And so when we're looking at these models and the trajectories and how the number of cases and stuff is going, we're probably starting with the wrong information in the first place, and which Absolutely. is why such things are turning out differently. It is also interesting to me that uh, this, this particular health professional cites the really bad flu season that we have had this year. That's something that I find particularly uh, perplexing because they were they were talking about the really bad flu season until COVID-19 hit. And now you hear nothing about it. You don't see the flu deaths being counted. You don't see the flu deaths being reported. And a lot of uh, places are saying that pneumonia, which used to be counted as a flu death, is now being counted toward COVID-19. So the stats are now off. But it is interesting because it's like if it was a bad flu season in December and there are articles, if you go back and Google, there are plenty of articles talking about in December, in January, talking about how it's been a really bad flu season. If you look after that, all of a sudden that goes away. And if it's a bad flu season, it's a bad flu season the whole season, not just until something else hits. Yeah, you think about it. And when you go into the doctor, like I I don't even have a, 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 a personal doctor. Yeah. Because I hate going to the doctor, right? Primary care. Oh, just, wow, a man who hates going to the doctor. <laughs> How it, novel. If it gets bad, I go to a minor emergency. Yeah. And I had like a flu, not to, uh, well, I don't know what the heck it was actually. I'm not even going to put a name on it. Oh, no. No, yeah, it wasn't the flu. I went into the minor emergency clinic. I said, uh, I said, can I, uh, can I get a test to get see if test. I have this? Yep. And that thing, I'm, I, I guarantee you 90% of the people just decline it and they just back out and they just say, oh, they a have COVID the flu. test? No, 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 the, the flu, flu test. test. It's like it's because it's like a it's a Q-tip like this long and they stick half of it all the way up into your nose and it goes all the way back. Oh, yeah. But but that's how in Seattle they started finding this is because they had all these flu samples that they went back and tested and seeing like, wow, this is already here already. And this is one of the problems with starting to count these presumed cases as coronavirus cases, because when you don't even have the test and you're just going off symptoms that could be three or four other things, you're automatically guaranteeing that the numbers are going to be inaccurate. Yeah. Yeah. And it is interesting. I mean, I went to the doctor for a very bad respiratory infection. It could have been, I don't know whether or not it was coronavirus, but, uh, you know, the doctor did mention it. They have been seeing a lot of really, really, really bad respiratory virus bugs that were ending up uh, in some cases with pneumonia that were all testing negative for flu and negative for strep. So, it is interesting when you put all of those things together. Like, it would be very coincidental if there was something else that was here at that particular time. I've been trying so hard to get an antibody, a, an, antibody test. Mm-hmm. I have to. It's, there's like three locations in DFW area. They get, they get filled up like instantly. That, yeah. yeah. But I mean, that's so important right now. There's a, there's a couple of private companies that are starting to manufacture this mm-hmm. and they're starting to let people order, order this stuff. But that's so important. Yeah. I think once we start getting tested for that, we're going to find out that there are a ton of people in this country. Because that yeah, we're it. just at the beginning of this and look how much we've already found out. And we've only done a small percentage of the population that we've done these tests on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to move to New York. New York State has apparently issued 
issued a blanket do not resuscitate directive uh, instructing first responders not to try to revive patients without a pulse because they've got increased call volumes and they say a lack of resources during this coronavirus public health crisis. So uh, paramedics were previously told before this that they were supposed to attempt to resuscitate a patient found in cardiac arrest for up to 20 minutes. Now they're not supposed to, uh, they're not supposed to try to revive a patient without a pulse at all as a first responder. Apparently, the first responders are pissed, oh. which I would be, too. I mean, why are you there? Right. Not to save someone. And th- this is kind of the extreme end of that. And there's there's other, uh, I think, uh, news coming out. I'm not sure which states, but they're actually starting to prioritize, like, who actually gets care when they go into the into some hospital. So, like, if you're young yeah. or whatever, you're going to get care. Yep. If you're over a certain age, like, sorry, you know. We're, look, this is what's amazing about this. Is this is exposing socialized medicine mm-hmm. at the core. Which It won't be used that way. But exactly, because that's what you keep hearing from social from socialists is, well, this is why we need socialized health care. And I'm like, all of the major failures have been because of the socialized aspect of medicine. So this is, what's, this is an awesome exercise. So I want you to Google uh, the NHS, National Health Service mm-hmm. in, in, in the UK. Just Google NHS, U.S. UK um, overwhelmed hospitals. You'll see stuff from 2020. You'll see about the same t- time frame, like in around January, mysteriously flu season, the same articles in, in 2019, same articles in 2018. This happens every year under socialized uh, health care. Mm-hmm. They get overwhelmed. They start prioritizing care. They run out of PPE. All of this stuff. It's, this is business as usual in places that have an NHS type system. And, and prioritizing care, when I said that this is, you know, exposing socialism, this is com- the complete life system. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is what the architects of Obamacare, they kind of flaunted this and showed a big chart, you know, in a you know, fancy 1980s era, you know, PowerPoint presentation where they showed, look, look if you're 20, if in your 20s, you are like high up on the, uh, you know, on the system, you're, you're going to get care. If you're, it even goes down to gender, it goes down to, you know, of course, age, of course, the old people. You, you get right, screwed. Right. You get screwed in these systems. Yeah. But this is what people like Bernie Sanders, that this is what they want to deliver to the American people. Yeah, it's funny how they flip the argument because the reality is this is not something we're used to seeing because we have a system that is able to handle a right. significant capacity. And now that we're seeing it in this situation, we kind of have a preview to say this is how much worse it could get. This is only the tip of the iceberg if people choose to interpret it that way, but it won't be presented to them that way. And it is alarming to see, and it is tragic to see, whether it's, I think they said, 3 or 4% of people end up being resuscitated when they use these methods. I mean, that's tragic to lose anybody, but these are the choices that they have to make when the resources are limited. And so that's why you don't want to put in a system that's going to strain the system to its core, like a socialized medicine system. I mean, can you imagine as a taxpayer being a taxpayer and calling 911 for a first responder to come resuscitate someone in your household, a family member, and being told that they won't do it. Like, I, I pay for you guys. I, pay, I just paid for that truck to come out here so that you could come in my house and help. Why are you even here if not to help save a life? Why are you even here? Why am I paying for you to be here? Right. I, you know, I haven't seen our system over here overwhelmed like that. I guess New York is the closest you could get to it. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, what's crazy is the systems that have gotten overwhelmed, you look at Italy, you look at places like that over in Europe, they're all the places where they, they receive 75% of their funding comes directly from the government. So those are NHS-type systems. So they get all of their money from the government, basically, besides like a quarter of it, 
and they're the ones that don't have enough equipment. They're the ones that don't have enough beds. Yeah. That's what happens when you have a panel of people in the government that say, how much should we allocate to the to the uh, to the, to healthcare and to your doctors this year? Well, and to your point, Jason, uh, there's another story out. While all of that is happening in New York, there's another story out uh, in California which they've developed. Don't worry, guys. They've got you covered if you live in California. They've actually developed a point system to decide who survives in the midst of a crisis. So if they hit crisis levels, they've got the point system. And it's very similar, Jason, to what you're talking about. It's complete lives. Yeah. And, and so they say younger individuals receive priority because they've had the least opportunity to live through life's stages. Uh, and so they have, you know, the following age categories, 12 to 40 which is a huge range, 41 to 60. Oh, and by the way, 12 to 40, what, what about lower than 12? I don't see that on here. 41 to 60, 61 to 75, and then older than age 75. And the scoring system would assess potential organ failure risk and the presence of life-limiting conditions to determine prognoses for hospital survival and longer-term survival. So if you've got a chronic disease, you're adding points to your overall score, and if your total score is too high, then you're going to be deprioritized. This is amazing. This is what you get and when- And they laugh, I'm sorry, hold on. They laughed at us when we said that there were gonna be death panels. Death panels, right. This is what you get when you devalue life. Literally, like, what, 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 how many points for the unborn? Oh, they always have zero. Okay, I'm sorry. They always have zero. I don't even see any points for like a five-year-old. I just see it started <laughs> age 12. So apparently my son, who's seven, would get no chance at life. That, that's just amazing to me. They want to say that this person's life is more valuable than this person's. I don't care what the age is. Life is precious regardless. I wondered what the motive was for this com becoming public, especially because California is not in a situation, I don't think, where right, this right. is coming into play. And when something like this comes out, it probably gives the perception to people who are reading this, like, oh, no, California is scoring people and just putting old people away to die. And I don't think that's the case right now. It is really. <laughs> you do have to wonder, like, like why did the scoring what, system come out right what now? What PR person told you this would be a good idea to release right now, California Department of Public of Health? Really, really? Show you how the sausage is made what's, funny, what's funny is the people in California, they're beh literally behind an iron curtain. Mm -hmm. So they, they have all these progressive thoughts, ideas, laws, everything. And they think everything's perfectly fine and no one's going to speak out, uh, you know, against them about it and that's largely true in the state yeah like if you're if you're a conservative or you're like wait a minute this kind of sounds like death panels guys no one will say that over there it's only outside and they don't listen to, the, to us anyway right. they really don't it's literally the people's republic of california you're just it's, a conspiracy theorist <laughs> oh wait it's actually it's true happening. there it is it's happening uh all right when we come back the youtube ceo has announced that they will be removing any content that goes against the World Health Organization organization recommendations. Oh my gosh, got a lot to get into there. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Omega XL. Uh, so I spoke on the phone uh, a couple weeks ago, I think, with Dr. McQuillan about Omega XL. Now, this is a natural supplement that reduces joint pain and inflammation. A lot of you are living with inflammation right now. You don't realize you have inflammation, but you do when you have ailments like back pain, neck pain, leg pain, arthritis, stiffness. You get to my age and you're like, everything hurts. Yeah. Uh, inflammation can also cause permanent damage if it's left untreated. And uh, you don't want to use something like a pain reliever or a topical cream that just masks the problem. It doesn't actually treat uh, the actual root cause. Omega XL really does. It goes right to the inflammation. It is backed by 30 years of research. Uh, it's a really powerful and natural way to reduce your pain and also reduce your inflammation. Um, it, there really is nothing like it in the world. It is a fatty acid combination from the waters of New Zealand. It is so highly concentrated. Now, 
let me tell you, it takes a little bit to build up in your system. It's not like a Tylenol where you take it and you're like, oh, I immediately feel better. So you got to take it. You got to order it. You got to take it and you will get out of pain. I'm telling you, you got to go to OmegaXL.com. We got you a special offer to get you started. If you order now, you will get your second bottle for free. That is absolutely free. OmegaXL.com slash news. That is OmegaXL.com. OmegaXL.com slash news. All right, talking to Brian Stelter on his show, Reliable Sources, which actually, as it turns out, uh, apparently is the least reliable source on television. Mm -hmm. Uh, The YouTube CEO stated that anything that contradicts the World Health Organization's recommendations will be entirely removed from the platform. Here is a little bit of that conversation about that is raising authoritative information. Um, But then we also talk about um, removing information that is problematic. Of course, anything that is medically unsubstantiated, so people saying like, take vitamin C, um, you know, um, take turmeric, like those are all will cure you. Um, Those are the examples of things that would be a violation of our policy. Um, Anything that would go against World Health Organization recommendations would be a violation of our policy. And so remove is another really important part of our policy. I mean, why would you let people judge for themselves, right? Her you example gotta, go ahead. Her example was kind of ridiculous, wasn't it? Take vitamin, vitamin C, C, that's that's the violation that you're targeting? I mean, is uh, that- Oh, real? I know. Who's well, that harming to say A, that? who is that harming? B, I've seen enough scientific evidence out there that vitamin C does at least help with your immune system. At the very least, there's no downside. You don't have to exactly. delete the video because somebody says, hey, coronavirus is going around, take vitamin C. That seems right. like okay it's advice. Not, yeah, it shouldn't harm you, and you certainly can't overdose on vitamin C. Yeah. But, then, so. but then she says, after she followed that up with anything that goes against the WHO. Right. Anything. Which is absolutely insane. This, you're Tell gonna, us why, Jason. You're going to see later tonight that um, Glenn is going to show you where this originated from. And it's very interesting. There are actually, how much of this can I actually give away? But there was... All of it. I want the exclusive <laughs> right now before Glenn's show. Go. Let me, ju- let me just say this. So about six weeks before cases of coronavirus started popping up in China... There was a gathering. There was UN people, heads of the CDC in both China and the United States, uh, leaders of international business businesses all over the world, and um, they came up with a plan to where if uh, if something if if a virus breaks out of this magnitude, this is what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Everything you're seeing right now, you'll see, was in that little meeting. I'll call it. Yeah. Everything, including how to handle social media. And they specifically said, the UN rep at that meeting said, we need to designate the UHO as the official power broker, the gatekeeper of information so that we can control it. The WHO. The WHO. Um, So here's another thing to consider, too, is that YouTube has removed videos of uh, Brazil's president who touted hydroxychloroquine. He said that it was the best treatment for COVID-19, and they removed that as well. So I also wonder if there's another facet of it that is, well, we can't, I mean, we don't want to give any credence to hydroxychloroquine being a good drug to look into. So I've, and 
once I've, I, I did some research into that too. Like in, in that in that meeting, they talked about experimental drugs will come out, mm-hmm. and they said that the, the 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 problem with that coming out is there'll be a flood on those experimental drugs. So they didn't come out quite and say that they would suppress information. But that would not surprise me at all if that's part of the plan, to just, just in case, you know, because you think about it. And you saw, like, in that movie Contagion, yeah. when they had that experimental drug that was a fake or whatever, but everyone rushed to the store to, to you know, snatch it up. That's the types of things that, you know, that happen in these things. But when you suppress information, even if you might have some kind of, you know, altruistic, you know, motives behind it, this is the reaction you're going to get. People right. don't trust you anymore. And I don't know how people trust the WHO. Like, for having them as the gatekeeper, seriously, at this point... It's pretty obvious that they're in bed with China, but oh my gosh, Glenn was talking about this this morning. The the head of the WHO, uh, part of a Marxist-Leninist party within Ethiopia, a party that does the bidding for China over in Ethiopia, and now you've got this director, part of that movement. Oh, it was also a designated terror organization. Mm. I didn't didn't say that. (laughs) Um, This is the guy that you get elected to to head the WHO? No, that makes no sense unless you have a big power broker behind you to help that out. And, oh, yeah, it turns out China was the one that got him elected in the first place. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely insane. It couldn't be more in front of your face. And I can't believe that that story right there should be on the front page of every Western media outlet today. It should be. But no one's talking about it. It also, Aaron, it doesn't. I mean, she's basically saying if you are a doctor, right, you have the same uh, you know, you've gone through the same classes, you've gotten the same, uh, you know, degree as an MD next to you. You are also an MD. If you go on YouTube and you say, in my experience, this has worked, your video will be removed. And you're, you have no credibility, even if, even if you're a doctor. I mean, that's what she's saying, right? Yeah, if, you're not, if you're not agreeing, if you're not 100% on board with who, you can get out. It's weird in a situation where we know so little to decide that only what one organization says, which is uncertain, the organization said, who also said that it wasn't, we didn't think that it was human right. Human yeah, their track record is not great on accuracy, and so you're saying that nobody else can have the potential to look into experiments or to be right. There's doctors all over who have said they've seen problems in it. There are some who have said they've seen none. So it's still unknown, but it's not like this is just something that some nut job is making up. There's real research behind it, and it's ongoing. And I think you have to allow that conversation to happen and to just delete everything that goes against a narrative or a a stance that we don't even know is right and three weeks from now could turn out to be totally wrong. I don't know what the purpose of that is except to fill the agendas that you're talking about with the WHO. The agendas are all over the place. Just uh, Facebook. They uh, took down one of our videos. What was that, last week or two weeks ago? I think it was two weeks. And, uh, And the only thing we were doing was questioning, hey, you know, did this come from a lab? Not Was it not constructed in a lab? But did it come from a lab and leak out? Or did it really just that bat flew into the market? Which, by the way, I will say, we have been saying since the since it got here, right? That's, I mean, Blaze TV, just yeah. saying. We've been, we've been giving that question since the very beginning of it entering America. And the amazing thing, the way they shut you down on this, to, yeah. they don't want you talking about yep. this. The way they shut you down is, no, doctors have said that this was, it's na- naturally made, it was not engineered. We've never said that. Mm-hmm. In fact, we consulted a doctor, actually the same doctor that helped make the movie Contagion. We consulted that guy. And he goes, yeah, this came for this is this is na- this is nature made. So ever since then, we've been like, okay, this is nature made, but that doesn't mean that they weren't studying this nature made virus yes. inside the lab. Yes. And lo and behold. 
behold, and this is this is the part of the thing that they got taken down. We found uh, video footage that they were bragging. There was this one scientist that was at the Wuhan Center for Disease Prevention and Control. He's the one going out and getting these bats and taking them back there. And then we have multiple other experts that say, yeah, this is what happened. Experts in China, by the way, they're saying, yeah, this is this is 90% chance that's what happened. They took that down. Mm-hmm. Guaranteed, because China and the WHO did not want that being talked about. Guaranteed. And, and right about the time that they took it down was when Fox News reported it. And now all okay. of a sudden we're allowed to talk about it. Okay, yeah, so so that's they came out, Washington Post, that they did an article on that. And then all of a sudden, so we submitted all that stuff, including all of my research, mm-hmm. all the documents I found. And then they go, okay, we're releasing it for now. Um, oh, th- thank you for changing the title a little bit. That's what they told us. Oh. So shut up. Oh, good, good job, guys, on changing Ridiculous. the title, Aaron. Yeah, this is just what happens when the idea of misinformation is not about truth or falsehood. It's just about what we want you to think. And then what she's saying is like, it's not about what's true or not or what we know or not. It's about this is what we want people to think. And so don't say anything else that might make people think otherwise. That's all it's about is thought control. Mm. Uh, When we come back, Harris County here in Texas, Harris County is requiring a judge here is requiring masks to be worn in public for 30 days The Houston Police Union shot back a response that I think you're going to enjoy hearing. First, we want to thank our sponsor, the Classic Learning Test. Uh, The Classic Learning Test, also referred to as the CLT exam. Now, it would have been impossible, even as recent as, oh, I don't know, a few months ago before this pandemic started, to imagine a scenario in which SAT or ACT would just be canceled. They would just cancel all the testing for all of that. Well, it happened. And under different circumstances, this would probably be a dream come true for CLT because they're trying to challenge their two competitors, right? Nobody wants their big break to come as a result of an international pandemic. That's a little awkward. However, CLT has been preparing a solution for years now. Rather than canceling any tests due to coronavirus, CLT is actually tripling their testing dates that are available for this spring, and they are making CLT resp- uh, available to students via remote proctoring just at home, where you have to stay because the government is telling you you have to stay home. You can still take this test. Uh, now, their initial plan was to um, to utilize remote proctoring as an option for students living in really rural areas who couldn't necessarily make it to the testing areas, but they're able to offer it to all students because of the pandemic. Now, you don't really know. You haven't heard probably that CLT is a third option. A lot of colleges are looking at CLT as a solution. The exams are taken online in two hours. You get same-day results which is way more than you can say for the other testing. Uh, It's been used by tens of thousands of students, hundreds of colleges. It provides the most accurate measure of academic formation, accomplishment, and potential to register for the April 25th official college entrance exam or the April 29th CLT 10. Visit cltexam.com. You can take it from your home via remote proctoring. That is cltexam.com. Harris County Judge Lena Hidalgo, this is in Texas, uh, it's in the Houston area, issued a, uh, an order that requires residents in the area to cover their faces in public. Now, uh, the new rules will require residents 10 and older to cover the nose and the mouth when outside the home because, of course, you can't trust a young child to keep a mask on. They're going to be grabbing all over their face, you know. But uh, acceptable garments include a homemade mask, scarf, bandana, or handkerchief, 
medical masks or N95 respirators are not recommended as they are needed, most needed by first responders and health workers. Uh, and also, you have to cover your face at all times except when exercising, eating or drinking, alone and in a separate space, at home with roommates or family, or when doing so poses a greater risk to security, mental or physical health. You think this is nuts? Yeah, well, you're not the only one. Houston Police Union actually issued a statement in response to the requirement of the masks, and they basically told this judge to suck it. <laughs> that's, the, that's my summary. That's the best summary that I can give you. They, they issued a response to all of their officers. Of course, I said the union, not the actual police department. As of the time of this taping, the police department has not issued a response. I'm a little, uh, little leery of Art Acevedo's response because he has not historically been a great police chief, but the union, at least, is backing their officers to make sure that they are operating in good conscience, and if they don't find this to be constitutional, they do not need to enforce it. They said uh, that they draw the line at the draconian measures Hidalgo has decided to engage in. Our officers work every single day to bridge the gap with our community and earn their trust. We will not stand idly by and allow Hidalgo to tear that bridge down with her horrific leadership and echo chamber decision-making. Uh, they want to, they said that they are in contact with the attorney general's office seeking an opinion. But while they wait for that opinion, they said we are reminding and informing our officers that they have discretion, all caps bolded, in matters such as these. Uh, and then they also said they're stretched thin right now. Their violent crime rate is up. This is the last thing that they need to be utilizing their time on is making sure people wear masks in public places. Jason, your thoughts? I love it. So translation, no, we're not policing what the crap people put on their faces yeah. or the types of clothing that they put on. You've this taken so it too stupid. far, Judge. Yeah, absolutely ridiculous. Good for them. Mm -hmm. is this, does this also incl include like Sheriff's Department? Or is it just the police department? It's just the police department who's responded. Well, you usually see these things from from this like the sheriff's department, and that's what I love. I pretty much love every single sheriff's department. They always react this way, whether it's on guns, whether it's on anything that you know is like you know uh, bill of rights, you know tested, you know testing type stuff, where it's against the bill of rights, against the constitution. Sheriff's departments are always right there, and this is you know like when these when when police departments get these words, mm -hmm. I guarantee you that ninety nine percent of them are like, come on, man. Yeah. Don't we make don't us, make us do, do this. this. We don't want to do this. And then every once in a while you get things like this where they just put their foot down like, no, we will not do this. Mm -hmm. And good on you. Think about not only is this a ridiculous waste of time, but think about how many people are they're going to piss off in this community like this. It's like a, it's like when a, a, a police department's overhand, you know, heavy-handed in like you know traffic citations and stuff mm -hmm. like that. You just piss people off. Right. You make them react this way sometimes. Exactly. It's yeah. an example of taking a good suggestion, which is to cover your face. Sure, that's fine. And making it a bad thing by saying, if you don't do this, we will or punish else. you with right. a ticket. Or, else, or yeah. maybe if you resist, maybe we'll take you to jail. That seems like the last thing we need is to be taking people to confined jails for not wearing masks. I mean, what is the purpose of this? Creating these encounters, close encounters between police officers and citizens because you're running up on them because they're not wearing a mask. All of it's counterproductive every way that you look at it. Mm -hmm. And the peop most people will probably abide by it. If you recommend it, there's a, I go out, there's a lot of people wearing masks on their own because people will take right. precautions by themselves. And you have to trust people to do what's best. At some point, we're going to have to trust people because we're not going to be able to just crack down on everything forever. We're going to have to get back out in the world and people are going to have to use their common sense. And you can't just make everything in order and say, we're going to arrest you if you don't do it exactly the way we want to do it. Yeah, I, I read that. I think at the top, they were like, look, it's, it's, it's responsible for you to wear a mask. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Yes. yes. They so, said we believe everyone should be wearing masks in public. Because that's responsible. Mm -hmm. Individually responsible. That used to be what this country was about. You know, to have individual responsibility. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, it's, it's responsible for me to wear a seatbelt when I drive my car. But I don't think the government ever should have made a law that I do that. Right. If I want to be stupid, that's on me. Right. And let's be honest. They're talking about don't wear the medical mask because they're needed for the healthcare workers. It's really shaky whether or not putting a handkerchief over your face is actually doing something I know, it was said a homemade here. mask. I mean, I'm like, let's, so let's you trust people this. to make a homemade mask that actually works? Yeah, let's not forget this the surgeon. This is all about perception. Yeah, the surgeon general said, don't, don't wear masks, they don't help anyway. Right, right. And then they're like, well, I'll go ahead and throw a cloth over your face. It, it probably doesn't work. It's like a psychological thing. Exactly. Like, maybe if we're all walking around with our faces covered, we feel like there's no virus. But there is, and we have to deal with it's that. It's all about perception. I've said on, on this show before that I will never, ever, I don't care what they threaten me with, I don't care if Ebola goes airborne. I'm not wearing that stupid, ridiculous-looking thing. I'm going to call the cops. But we, support, <laughs> but, but we support your right sure. and your decision to wear a mask if you feel so inclined, as long as you don't want to push that on the rest of us, mandate that the rest of us wear it. And this is what I find so fascinating with the American public right now, is that it seems that we've forgotten that part of living in a free society is the moment that you decide to enter a public forum, you yourself are assuming the risk that you may get any sort of contagion. You may get any sort of virus at any given point in time. That is the risk that you take when you leave your doorstep every single day. That's part of living in a free society. And people have forgotten that and they're like, well, your freedom doesn't trump my freedom if you want to not wear a mask. It's not, you can't get me sick. I'm like, that's not how this society works. You, do you say that during flu season when you go to the grocery store and you end up with the flu? No one has ever said that. And now all of a sudden, you're supposed to dictate to me that I have to wear a mask to protect you? No. Personal responsibility means if you are too scared of this virus, you stay home and that is your right. But it doesn't mean I have to do it too. Yeah. And all these, all these rules are dependent on the idea that this is much worse than the flu or that the mortality rate is 5%. And that's why the information is so crucial about what this really is, mm -hmm. because people aren't going to go along with orders like this if, if they know that this is only a 0.1% mortality rate or something like that. That's why yeah. that information is so crucial. Yeah, it's interesting. I was just, before we have to go, I was just talking to a, uh, um, a mom in a mom's group, and it, I think the greatest source of confusion with that whole thing has been that the American public, the average person, really truly thinks, has been led to believe, for whatever reason, that we are staying inside right now to eradicate the virus. We are staying inside to wait until the virus is gone so that we can reemerge. And I'm like, it's ridiculous. that's not what this was ever supposed yeah. to be for. You're not going to eradicate the virus. Mm -hmm. you're, just, you're just doing this to slow the spread, slow the spread, not eliminate the spread, so that the hospital systems are not overwhelmed. But you exactly. notice they've stopped kind of saying that flatten yes, the curve thing, and they've they, started they saying... They want people to be scared. Yeah, they're saying now Fauci's like, well, maybe we just have to wait until there's no new cases or something like that. And it's not <laughs> Right, realistic. I'm like, that's not what, that's not what we signed yeah, up so for. The, the whole thing is changing as we go. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. Interesting, though. There's a lot of confusion on that. Don't be fooled, all right? We were supposed to do this to not overwhelm the hospital systems, not to eradicate a virus. That's not like how science works. Okay, I'm not a scientist, but I, I'm pretty clear on that. Uh, all right, when we come back, the opposite end of the Houston police spectrum, uh, an arrest of an Idaho mother at a closed playground with her children has sparked a lot of anger and protest. We'll be back in a minute. We were talking to a mom at a mom's group. In a mom's group, like online. It's a mom's group. You, hate oh, you don't even want to know. <laughs> I, I, I believe you. 
A bunch of Idaho parents in Meridian, Idaho, organized a Palladate protest in Meridian. Now, Jason, we were looking uh, off air. How many people have died in Idaho from coronavirus? 58? Yeah, something like that. It was 57, 58, something like that. Not a lot. Not a lot. But uh, the city, apparently, City Hall shut down everything. You know, there's supposed to be social distancing, the whole nine yards. And um, there was an exchange between officers and the parents within this protest that led to an arrest. Now, I'm going to play a short clip for you. Be aware there is a 45-minute clip available online. I watched it. I'm happy to give the perspective that is not given. I'm, I don't want this to be a gotcha, but we can't show a 45-minute clip. So here is just a little bit of what this arrest looked like. Watch. Ma'am, I have told you to exit numerous times. This is it. Exit the playground area now. And don't, I really am trying to be nice guy for this. Because you guys aren't listening. I just told you, exit the playground area. It's but easy. we're not trespassing. Yeah. Are you going to not want to fight everyone for not social distancing? Ma'am. Ma'am. Are you going to still, are you I'm, going to be arresting people for not social distancing? You have five seconds. Three. Arrest me for being in the car. Do it. Record it. Okay, this is not. What is he Officer, you don't want to do that. Officer, you don't. You're being detained. Am I being arrested or detained? Am I arrested or detained? Someone call Idaho Freedom Foundation right now and get them on the phone. Call now. I, I'm recording. Someone else call. Okay, can you call? Her, her kids are here. Her kids are here. What is going to happen? Who's got her kids? This makes no sense. Now, just to add a little bit of clarification, uh, the officer did show up. They, he did start yelling to people to leave. There apparently had previously been tape around the playground, the caution tape. The tape has been removed. We don't know by whom. Certainly, there is nothing to indicate that it was by this woman. Uh, so she, for all intents and purposes, we know that she showed up to a playground that did not have tape on it, right? There was no tape there in the video. And um, she continues to ask the officer questions for clarification. The officer refuses to answer. Um, you can see his attitude there. I'll let you guys weigh in on what your thoughts are. And she is arrested in later in the video, uh, which again goes on for about 45 minutes. Her kids are there. Someone calls her husband, who is also a law enforcement officer. By the way, I can't wait to hear that conversation. <laughs> uh, and he is on the way to come retrieve the children while she gets transported. The officer, the arresting officer, says, no, I will not wait for her husband to get here. When my transport car comes, we're leaving. And he actually left with her children still there, un not supervised by any parents. He would not wait for the father to get there to come retrieve the children. I got like some issues on both sides, but I certainly don't think that police officers should be arresting people for showing up at a park. I got it that you guys have closed the park, but what happened to the, the problem with uh, we were just following orders? Yeah, a lot going on there. Mm -hmm. For one, the uh, I wish I didn't notice this last time, but I wish she wouldn't have said arrest, arrest me. me. I Correct. wish she wouldn't have said that. Correct. But whose responsibility is it and who has been trained to deescalate the situation? Sure, the cop. For sure. He, he, I cannot, I still want to believe that they did not want to do that. I don't want to blame the actual police officers. So that, for, for, for one, that came from on high for them to do that. 
I want right. it. But we, when does we were just following orders become not acceptable? Right. I mean, you're, and you're, I think you're going to see a lot of police departments rebelling against a lot of this stuff. But what you absolutely should see is these are the types of things that I classify this case in the same vein as, as that, um, that church where they drove in in their cars and the police yes. busted them up. Yes. Okay. Again, and we were talking about this off the air, yes, there are emergency powers that the states have that the President of the United States doesn't even have. Mm -hmm. So they can do lockdowns like this. They can suspend your constitutional rights if they deem it necessary. But that's the catch. You better be damn sure that it's necessary. You better be damn sure. Yeah, there has got to be, they have to be very transparent. They have to show the data. So I, what, if I'm a lawyer for these people, I guarantee you there's a lot of lawyers getting ready. Mm-hmm. But if you're a lawyer, be like, I want to see the data that said that this park was so dang dangerous. I want to know. Because children are not, they're, they're very low risk for this. Mm-hmm. Very low risk. Mm-hmm. They're outside in a park. What said, hey, th- we need to close this down and arrest mothers if they're, if they're at this. No, 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 no. I don't. Th- I mean, we have to hold them accountable. Yeah. We have got to. And that even, there's a, there is a lawsuit now. I think it's, uh, is it some pastors? Can't remember. But they're trying to sue Governor Abbott. And Governor Abbott's one of the good guys. Yeah. But, hey, I'm all for that. Even even if it's if it's annoying to him or you know if 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 if, it, if it's meritless whatever I am all for that because I think the more eyes we have on things like this the better especially going forward we got to learn a lesson because this is going to happen again yeah, yeah. exactly and. Do you want their lesson to be that we will just comply with whatever overreach they bring to our front doors or? Do you want the lesson to be that they've realized that Americans won't stand for it? Yeah, I sympathize with the police officers who are called to these situations Mm -hmm. and are given these orders to enforce these laws, whatever you think of them. But you look at that particular police officer, and I didn't see the whole 45-minute clip, but you just want, he escalated it so quickly to where he... he, And let me just tell you, in in my opinion, the whole 45-minute clip, it does show he has an attitude problem from the get-go, it continues the like entire Like, it reminded video. me of, like, have you ever been caught, like, with your kids and you're, like, a little bit frustrated with them, uh, with something else, and then they do something small, and then you, like, overreact a little bit, and you're like, I, uh, No, I'm the perfect well, mom. Well, I'm, I'm a terrible before. parent, and so I don't always do. <laughs> but that's what it felt like, is that you've got five seconds to get out of here, and it just felt like he was just so frustrated about something that he wanted to just throw her in handcuffs and lead her away, and what, what purpose does that serve? I don't right. understand what purpose that serves with her kids there. It's not serving any public service to to do that to her. And you could just write if you if you have to write a ticket, fine. I get it. It's a rule. It's a law. Whatever. You have to enforce it. But don't make it a national scandal by putting somebody in handcuffs because they were standing at a park. Mm. I don't know how he thought that that was going to play out well or that was going to serve the community. And I don't think that her question was illegitimate. I mean, she said, "Well, are what about all of like everyone was there? There were a ton of people there." They were all very close to each other. They were not social distancing. So her question of, are you going to do anything to these people over here who are not social distancing, I felt was, I felt was relevant to the conversation. Yeah. I, didn't feel, I, I didn't feel like she was being combative. I felt like she was asking legitimate questions that as a citizen who pays for that park, she deserved to get an answer to. And yeah, the fact a- that he just said, you have five seconds, he wouldn't answer her question. He wouldn't engage in a civil dialogue. And I don't know, maybe when you say, uh, when she says, arrest me, I don't know, maybe you say, ma'am, I don't, I don't want to arrest you. Mm-hmm. I-, I don't even want to be here doing this. I just need you to work with me. It's <laughs> gone a long way. At that point, she's, not a th- she's already been at the park. So let's say there's a coronavirus transmission situation happening at that park. It's already happened. So she's not like an active threat. Like you don't have to get her out of there ASAP right. and that changes anything. You have time to work through that situation, 
talk through it and make sure that you do your best to compromise that situation in a way that doesn't lead to mass protest in your right. state or your city because you just arrested somebody for something that's not really that bad. Yeah. All right. We, we, sorry, we got to take a break. Back in a minute. I'll tell you what, if you want to see civil unrest, that's when that's going to happen. I know. You just keep doing crap like that. I know. All right, yesterday's poll, who will be Joe Biden's running mate? Uh, 39% of you said Kamala Harris, followed by Michelle Obama at 28%. I think she just came out in an interview and said that she did not want to do it. So we'll see about that. Uh, Stacey Abrams at 16% and Elizabeth Warren at 17%. I don't know. I think all of them suck. Uh, Today's poll, who do you trust most when it comes to news about COVID-19? Here are your options. You ready? President Trump, Dr. Fauci, Dr. Birx, or the media? Can I just say none? Gosh. <laughs> none of the above? Is that an option? Can we write in Blaze TV? <laughs> yeah. Where is that option, Blaze TV? Come on. Uh, yeah, that's a tough one. I, I can't. I don't even look at me. I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't. Can I, I, can I just totally. Do, you don't want to answer it, right? Can no. I just totally dodge the question and say I. The biggest thing that I respect about Dr. Burks is the fact that she never wears the same scarf. She's got a lot of scarves. Isn't it amazing? Yeah. I love it. Every day I'm like, oh my God, she's got another scarf and it's so cute. She would be the most Good trustworthy, job. I believe, on that whole list. Yeah. Well, there you go. Jason answered it. I guess. Jason answered it, so we there didn't have to. Thanks, guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.